Uh, hi guys, we are back with another episode of Constantly Varied. I'm joined today by Jamie and we have a very special guest. We have Miss Amy Flynn. Hello. <laughs> Amy's very nervous about joining us today. Uh, Amy, we're very glad to have you here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we're going to start this the way we always do, um, with some training lessons. Amy, you're going to take the lead in this one. What have you learned in the past week or so? Um, so I use my posterior chain too much and it gives me a lot of problems with my back. So my lesson is I need to start using my quads and my legs more. So I need to start sitting more into the ball of my foot when I'm doing any sort of squatting or pulling off the floor. So that's my lesson. Yeah, and I think, so just to chime in on that, I'm, I'm the exact same. I'm always in my heels. I always trust my hamstrings, glutes, do everything. And then when I actually go to check if I'm using my knees enough for like, if I'm going to clean or snatch, when I'm trying to drive the bar upwards, it's all posterior chain. I have to really deliberate then about, uh, can I stick the ball the foot on the floor? Can I drive through it a bit more, etc. So, and I think a lot of people are, have the same sort of an issue. And th there's two things. We're not using as much power as we could. So there's PRs there for us without re really getting in stronger, just getting technically better. But then also we're not strengthening up the quads and the knees if we're not using them. So something that's a really hard work on. And most people are in one camp or another. They either use it too much or not enough. And we always have to kind of be balancing, rebalancing. And that's when, you know, coach is talking to us about balancing the foot. We're trying to activate more muscles, really, rather than just trying to get our foot more balanced. Yeah, so that's a really good one. And I, I also get lower back issues, and I think it's probably related to just overloading that posterior chain all the time. So it's a good one. Hard one to fix. Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something I find from coming from a, a field sport background that I was so biased into the ball of my foot whenever I started crossfitting. And I think a lot of people who started crossfit way back when came from a similar sort of background. And so the cue just collectively is weight in the heels, weight in the heels, weight in the heels. Because the most common error is everyone's fucking heels lift up. Yeah, it's the most common thing. So we, uh, we generally speaking, it's a good cue to have, yeah, for sure. Jamie, have you got a training lesson this week? My training lesson is around the programming. Uh, so I've just been looking at um, the, the slight change in style of, of workouts over the last few weeks based on what we're doing at the end of the quarter. We were training for different types of tests last quarter. This next one, we have quite a task in front of us. And the training is trying to get us to do things that are really difficult. There's a lot of strength work in it. I think the muscles are probably going to get a bit more work than usual. I think the joints have to go through more ranges than usual. So I think recovery starts to become a bigger factor than usual because we're trying to do hard things it's going to take its toll i think we were probably used to be better at introducing active recovery to people that whole idea and we start managing it a bit with the programming itself but now when we're trying to achieve these things we have to start getting some work done outside of class to help the process of just getting ourselves feeling ready to train again the next day staying healthy adapting to the workouts quicker so quick guide 10 minutes per day of body work is we'll do everything just 10 minutes amy's an expert at this she always spends 10 minutes a day is not right amy no <laughs> exactly yeah a simple a simple no uh so we're all guilty of just letting this go by but i think 10 minutes per day makes all the difference i like to do it um at home before bed it helps me sleep if i do some recovery work um probably the best time to do it was right after your workout but none of us really feel like that we're too busy smiling walking around chatting to people feeling great about ourselves if when i go home body stiffens up a bit before i go to bed i make myself body feel better again so tissue work would be one thing you can do foam roller um what's it massage gun lacrosse ball anything like that get after the areas that get most stiffened up for you and then uh general rule is two minutes per muscle group so if i do my right quad i'll spend two minutes smashing that out minimum if i can go to three minutes better and then do the other side and then i might spend a few minutes like bottom of a squat it doesn't have to be working really hard just getting the best position possible mm. and that'll do it but i will sleep better that way and you wake up the next day knowing okay i've done what i need to do and even if you haven't got a <clears throat> pardon me a foam roller or a ball or anything like that just some of the mobility stretches that your coach might take you through in class like a couple of hip openers or 
some shoulder mobility that you can just like off a door frame rather than off a rig it's all the same sort of stuff but yeah a couple of minutes each side can make a wondrous amount of difference yeah it all adds up over time so it's it's that same effect two or three weeks later you're just feeling better going into training every day and you're probably a little less sore waking up as well so um just plant that idea in everyone's head if you can start doing a little bit of it it'll make a big difference what about you james beautiful yeah my lesson this week is um probably not massively not a big jump from my lesson last week about the details, but kind of focusing more on the basics. And I've noticed by me trying to bring them back into my coaching and like have a real focus on them recently, I've seen some people, and it's, it's amazing to see, but some people who have been here a long time really dial in and focus on that, the basic elements. And then the other stuff that they love to do is just clicking like way better for them. So to give you an example, I was doing yesterday's class was the push jerks. And I, I coached the class the way, whatever way I did it. And then I pulled Darren Duffy aside and I was like, you do all those things apart from this one. I want you to really dial in on this one today. And then I went to him at the end of the workout and I said, here, how many reps you get? He was like, I have no idea. I just focused on the thing you said. And I was like, oh, that's fucking unreal. And he was moving really good to the point where, you know, when you're walking up and down the room during the workout and you're like, more this, more this, try this, try this. And I just looked at Darren and went, great work. And I did it like two or three times. I was like, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to change anything he's doing because he's moving really good. And he was doing the thing I asked him to do. So that idea of mastering the basics is just huge. And it reminded me of um, a story I heard recently. I've been watching the rugby in New Zealand and Australia, the super rugby. And the final was on at the weekend. And it was Crusaders against the Chiefs, two New Zealand teams. And I've supported Crusaders since the Dan Carter heydays. Uh, a bit of a fanboy that way. But they have a like an unwritten rule, kind of like the All Blacks have some stuff. But they call it the, the Dan Carter policy. And the Dan Carter policy is like going in and practicing and mastering all the basics before you do any of the fun stuff. And like the New Zealand rugby teams are known for their flashiness and there's all the fancy moves and they can do all the really sexy stuff, but they have like five minutes of the most basic, boring continuity before the fancy tricks come out. And apparently Dan Carter was like, he would come in and practice his pass and practice his pass and practice his pass and he practiced trying to kick the ball, kick the ball, and he would pick a point and it has to land there, there, there. And that idea of mastering the basics and then he waited for the the moment to happen he'd throw the dummy and glide through the line and that's where it all came from but it all happened because he was like that teeny tiny thing that seems unimportant that's the one yeah everything's built on that foundation yeah. isn't it like when i watch you two moving it's yeah i know you can do impressive things like like you see on muscle ups and uh, snatching and all those things but it's actually in the basic stuff that i see that's where all the impressive stuff that's the foundation. We build it all on top of that. It's easy to build it on top. Yeah. Well, you even look at like what Amy's training lesson is, and she's like, oh, she can snatch 60, 68. Uh, I can't leave a kilo off there. I was about to say 67. <laughs> but she's like, oh, there's more in the tank if I start using my quads. So she's trying to shift her weight into the ball of her foot more rather than just the heel. Like Most people would be like, oh, I can snatch 68. I'm just going to keep going at what I'm doing and not change that. Yeah, or more power. I need to get stronger. I need to get stronger which is an element of it. But uh, after a while, you do realize it's the details, putting together the basic details is the big thing. Um, and like, I know, Amy, when you're when you're snatching, it's all in your warm up, right? Like when yeah. you warm up really well, you feel better. Yeah, like if I'm moving really badly at like 30 kilos or I'm not feeling good, I'm gonna carry all that over to lifting something heavy. But if I'm moving really well the whole way through, then I'll have a really good session. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know when you're on it, when your warm up is going really well, it's like, oh Jesus, it's like you hit your 62, 63, and it all looks fine. Yeah, you know that you're on to you're on to something big then that day. Yeah, big time. Delhi, so uh, we're going to go into programming again this week. Yes. You're going to give us a quick broad overview, oh, and then Get ready for that. we're going to pick our favorite workout that we want to coach in this coming week this week. So something a little bit different. So Jamie, you take us through this. Okay, so let's do a quick run through. Monday, we have an imam uh, for 12 minutes of two deadlifts. We're going to go every minute for 12 minutes and two. And right after that, we're going to go into an imam for eight minutes of double unders. So it's just deadlifts for, non for, for 12 minutes straight and then uh, double unders for eight minutes straight. Should be an interesting little challenge. Strength and then conditioning. 
Tuesday then, we're going to go into uh, AMRAP six minutes, single leg toaster bar with burpees, straight into an AMRAP three minutes of skiing. And then after it, we're actually going to do some pull-up accessory work. So we're going to do the Metcon, get all uh, sweaty and out of breath, and then we're going to cool down and then do some accessory work for pull-ups. And they're going to be on the rings, kipping ring pull-ups. So that should be fun. Wednesday then, um, this is... Um, a reworking of an old regionals workout. Myself and Amy and the other programming crew did this on a Wednesday. And um, it's basically a heavy squat challenge. So we've got 10 heavy front squats at the end of the first round and then five heavy front squats at the end of the second round. And before that, we've got biking and lunges to do, bike and rowing and lunges to do. So um, that's gonna be one where we're gonna really have to challenge ourselves to lift the heaviest front squat possible at the end of it, it's gonna be so tempting to kind of back off a little bit on the weight, but the heaviest one that you can basically clean is what you're gonna go for. Um, so that's gonna be an interesting, fun challenge to get into. Then Thursday, um, we're snatching. Of course we're snatching. Hooray! <laughs> so we're gonna do some hang snatch and overhead squat, then we're gonna go into some hang snatch, and then we're gonna hit a heavy single of hang snatch. So uh, some EMOM work to kind of prime the movement and technique as we build, and then we'll get some time to actually just hit something heavy. Uh, we haven't done that in a while, so it'll be fun. Then Friday, this thing is not fun. This looks horrendous, but it will build iron shoulders. So uh, we've got a max rep set of dumbbell push press. And we do that every six minutes. And in between every other six minutes, we're gonna do max shuttle runs in 90 seconds. So it's gonna be back and forth between those two movements. Um, that max rep set of push press is gonna get spicy. Then Sunday, sorry, Saturday, um, we got med ball cleans and position holds. So like 15 med ball cleans into a plank, 15 med ball cleans into a support hold, 15 med ball cleans into uh, hollow holds, and then med ball cleans into sit-ups. We've got a couple of rounds of that. So it's going to absolutely uh, caramelize the legs. And it's going to, uh, the midline is going to get a big hit as well. So that, that's going to be a nice long workout. Sunday then, finish off the week, we've got some pull-up work. It's like 30 strict pull-ups in the first five minutes. Next five minutes, we've got 60 ring rows. Next five minutes, we've got a 90 calorie bike. And then we go back to the pulling and we do 90 single arm rows. So that's just gonna be upper body pulling strength and some cardio in the middle of it. That's an insane week of training, isn't it? Isn't it? It's hard. Like, yeah. Like that's what I was saying, it's getting hard. But that's what we're, that's what you want, because yeah. we wanna make some big progress in upper body strength, because mm. I think that that's our next big thing. We've got the muscle ups or the pull ups coming up in that workout yeah. that we'd like to be further along the road. We've got snatching, so we know that the amount of movement, mobility, strength and power involved in that and everything else in between. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be another big week. Let's go quick uh, round table, quick fire, okay? So you just have to pick one workout. As an athlete, what's your favorite workout of the week? Um, I think snatch would be the obvious one, but I'm gonna say Monday, the deadlifts, cause that'd be a good time to work on my foot balance. And I just feel like every time I deadlift, you can like feel yourself getting stronger. So that's what I'm looking forward to most myself. And you're a double under queen. Yeah, I love double unders. <laughs> okay. Um, as an athlete, I think it's Saturday. Oh, the med ball cleans? Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit of you, all right, isn't it's, it? And I need it. Really need it. My legs need a good run out of uh, just on fire, nonstop work. It's light, high rep. Yeah, exactly what I need. Um, what about you? I was going to say snatch as well as the obvious one because I do love to do that as an athlete, but I just checked on Modify there for Wednesday's workout. The RX Plus is 90 kilos for those 10 and 5 front squats. And I'm kind of like, uh, that's a bit of me now as well. <laughs> so I think Wednesday's going to be my workout of the week as an athlete. So yeah, you a, think you think those lunges, you've got 30 step back yeah. lunges with a dumbbell. Where is the dumbbell on them? Anywhere you like. Just one dumbbell. One dumbbell. Oh, well done. So you blast through them, but I think it's 30 kilos for your plus, yep. obviously. So that'll just get the legs firing and then you gotta go with the, the front squats. Yeah, I can't wait. So then as a... Here, I, I watched, I was over in um, Sam Stewart a few years ago. Yeah. And he did the regionals workout he was training. Oh. 
and it was back when like it was a hundred kilo overhead squat at that point and i brought over a couple of athletes to train with them and for them uh, the hundred kilo overhead squat was going to be like the big that a clean and jerk it they, they broke up the set of 10 and he got to that it was instead of lunges it was handstand walk he just handstand walked sprint walked over just snatched it and just blasted them out unbroken i was like oh wow <laughs> it was so impressive to watch it so that would be a fun one so as a coach if you were coaching i know you don't coach much but as a coach what would be your favorite one to coach this week you talking me Both. um i'm looking forward to coaching the snatch on thursday because we have a lot of new members in selbridge so i think there's a lot of progress there to be made and there's a lot of snatching in this workout, so it's a really good opportunity to get dialed in on the technique. Yeah. It's always a fun one. It's always the most fun one, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> From a coaching point of view, yeah. we haven't done med ball cleans in forever. Yeah, true. True. And, you know, I, it's one of those movements where I want to scold everybody. Like, like them more that's not how you do it yeah. you know, like, like them it more, more. <laughs> you should like these because people go oh med ball cleans yeah. it's such an important uh skill of like with a with a barbell we tend to get really accustomed to using the barbell to our advantage in those olympic lifts yeah. barbell meets us here we blah, blah blah for the med ball we have to just focus on our body's movements of the clean like can we go through the different positions hit them all can we still be fast because we can clean it with shit technique then it's up to us to decide to clean it with good technique and the decision to, to clean it well with good technique is what my favorite bit of it is because you just have to move your body in the, right, in the right way so i love the internal nature can i get my body to hit every position at speed over and over and over again and i love coaching that because as a challenge i have to convince people to do that yeah and i have to convince them to make that decision for themselves that's a hard one. I like that. I like that. I think Friday looks really cool as well. The not from like a, a tech like the, from the opposite end of coaching from that. Like the med ball is very right. Tech, hands go here, feet go there. Whereas with the floor press and the shuttle runs, I just kind of like the look of getting people to really fucking dig in, end themselves early on in that workout, and then pushing for more. Like that's one of my favorite type of workouts to coach because it's just quiet word in the ear like here you can get you can get another extra shuttle in this time if you try it this way i fucking love that shit yeah squeeze yeah. out another one roar at them it's, whenever they're it's shaking. such a psychological thing like huge but like when you put when you pick up the dumbbells for the push press just holding them there is effort yeah. so you don't want to even just stay to there start moving yeah yeah because even exactly. when you take a break with them you put them on your shoulders yeah. you're not taking a break there's a lot of convincing to go on there yeah yeah deadly but so, so you're going to get in everyone's ear yeah, I'm gonna get, but that's not my favorite workout to oh. coach this week. It's definitely Tuesday. The single leg toaster bar and the burpees, the ski and the ring pull-ups. Just because my morning crew are l making a lot of progress on kipping stuff at the minute. But I've thought about putting the single leg toaster bar in in some of the progressions we've done recently. And I haven't. And I've been annoyed at myself that I haven't. And now I've seen them come up. And I'm like, oh, this is it. It's just going to be... I reckon on that day accidentally four or five people are going to do toast bar properly for the first time ever they'll just be like oh this feels good you know that accident <laughs> oh yeah. my oh, toes I'm hit the bar them now, yeah. perfect so i can't wait for that so just as a as a like a reward for the morning crew i think that'll really pay off for them on that yeah, day that six minute amrap there's there's so much in it i did the coach's notes for you guys at the weekend and i found myself talking for like four minutes about the six minutes because there's like it looks like kind of a okay toast bar and burpees for six minutes there's so much in those six minutes to execute there's skill there's all the strength the endurance there's the grip there's the pace and they're not resting there's, there's so much to be gained i think in that six minutes we get much more benefit than a lot of the other workouts this week but it's hidden in it uh so executing that is going to be tough definitely right next section we're introducing a new one it's called Jose's Questions. Um, for those that know, Jose asks questions <laughs> all the time. Some of them are a bit heavy hitting and a bit deeper. This one's, this one isn't even one Jose asked. I asked Jose. 
<laughs> but he's not here and we couldn't pick a question. So the first one we're going to ask this week is um, what's one piece of advice you give to other people that you would benefit from but you rarely or never follow? I feel like you have a good answer for this one, Jamie. Oh, I, I, I kind of don't. It's a bit dull. But it's the obvious one, which is prioritize your health and well-being in your life. <laughs> I think it's a really good thing to do. And it's my whole business model. My whole business <laughs> model. My whole everything is based on that. Um, yeah, but I don't follow it very well. Like I'm, I'm terrible at it. So uh, I think I think everybody probably gives that advice and then everyone falls down it in some way. But I'm particularly terrible at it. <laughs> And I, I actually think, um, you know, I don't fully believe in it either. Like I've talked to you before about um, like balance and I don't really believe in balance. I don't think, I think it's not, um, it's not the be all and end all. I think it's, I think go through periods of finding balance is great. And I think it's a good goal to have because if you're trending towards it, it's a good thing. But I also think like, real purpose and passion towards something probably is going to knock things out of balance a bit and if you're when i found myself trying to find balance again i kind of lose a bit of my direction purpose my uh the whole point of doing anything because mm. i'm like okay i just need to dial back on the thing i care about so i get this other thing over here that i don't care about as much but i should so um there is a bit of that going on in the background probably kicks me out of it a bit so interesting that you're like that isn't it so yeah it is it's it's it is but i also think i should definitely be better at it more vegetables it, better sleeping like all those things yeah, yeah i should definitely do more of that and i don't <laughs> but everyone else should <laughs> that's the point right amy have you got one um so i'm always getting my morning crew to do like mobility and stuff in the classes and i'm always giving out and saying you need to be getting in earlier and do your mobility work before the class you feel really good and then I never do that and then I do be like standing down on the grass just chatting shy and then I'll be like oh the class is starting and I haven't done any of the stuff that I tell people to do have you ever done any no probably not yeah. <laughs> like I come in early to the comp class because you know that I have to be there like 45 minutes early yeah. and I literally go around <laughs> the room I do a lap and I'm like how much can I talk to people and avoid doing any sort of warm up and then it'll be like 10 to 8 and I'll turn to someone I'll be like I've been here 30 minutes and I've done no warm up and then I'll be like right I have to run around and try to get myself warm but yeah no I need to start doing a bit more looking after my body why Why do I need to look after my body yeah because you know I'm like, terrified of getting injuries yeah, yes. like I'll, I'll feel like one little bit of something in like my left knee and I'll be like I can't walk now <laughs> and I'll like completely go the opposite way I won't do any sort of squat and I'll I'll do nothing because I'm so afraid of getting injured um, but I'm probably over like it's too much like do you know what I mean yeah so when you're um so when you think about the mobility side is it it's hard to get to like why is it going to benefit you or is it just boring um no I like I know there's so much value in it like I need to start doing more like kind of prehab and stuff before yeah, yeah, I do yeah. my sessions to make sure like my shoulders are definitely ready for doing a stupid amount of muscle ups I'm not just going in cold Yes. Um, yeah. I do them and then I'm like, oh, why do my shoulders feel terrible? Right. Like, I know this stuff before I go So you just like chatting more? Yeah, I just, I just like going around having the chats, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair. But that's not going to benefit me. <laughs> well, not, you know, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I probably agree with that one as well. I tell people to do mobility all the time, but if I had it my way, I'd probably just grab a bar and start squatting straight away and I'd have classes done in 30 minutes for me. <laughs> 30 minutes of training that's all i need yeah you like for for both of you you can probably jump straight into sessions yeah and not lose much performance and that's mm. the cost bit right if it doesn't cost you anything not to not do it but i just don't think most people are in the same boat as you two yeah, we true. don't we, we still we still warm up we just don't do that the extra shit <laughs> and we could go i don't know could you go without a warm-up do you reckon well, no, like, I purposely do the classes because I'm like, I need someone to tell me to do stuff for 45 minutes before the workout. Like, when I, if I was to come in and do a workout on my own, I'd warm up for five minutes, I'd have a really bad workout, and then I'd be like, why was my workout so bad? And I'd feel terrible doing it. So I do need to do all the warm-up stuff, and I feel great then in my workout. So I do think it's worth it. 
Yeah, because you tend to perform best in classes, right? That's uh, where you yeah. hit most of your PRs, like it's in a class. Yeah, that's kind of why I just don't do any extra work because I don't do it properly. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I tend to, if I don't warm up, say the workout's like 10 minutes long, six minutes into the workout, I'll start getting faster. And I'm like, I've wasted the first half of this workout. So I want to make yeah. sure I'm like breathing really heavy and really warm before I start my workout. Okay. So the advice, the lesson I gave earlier is completely lost on you two. <laughs> today. <laughs> We listen to you enough of the time. We don't need to yeah. listen to the mobility <laughs> thing as well. Um, my thing is, I was asked this question maybe four or five years ago, and my thing, it's still my answer is still the same, and it's if you don't ask, you don't get. I'm always. We were talking about this the other week. Uh, I always try and if there's a problem, I try and come up with a solution myself, and I delay asking for help until the last right before things implode or explode and it's the same whenever it comes to how oh, do you pick anything if i'm just struggling with something personally or whatever i'll always try and deal with it until i'm like oh i'm not coming up with a solution here and then i go ask but if someone was to say that to me i'd be like here you should just go get help like straight away whatever it is if it's i'm struggling with something coaching or anything i'm always the last to ask for help I'm that, like always tell people one. to do it. That's a great one. It's just it's my toxic trait. <laughs> tell people to ask for help, and I never. It's a that's a red flag. <laughs> yeah. I never do it. The funny funny thing about help is, people love being asked for help, don't they? Like when someone comes to you and says, "Here, can you help me with this?" Right away, you get this feeling, oh, "I'm being valued here. I've got something to offer somebody." And then when you get help, things just get better right away. Like, and then we don't do it. I think because like, I'm pretty bad at it as well. I try to get better at it, but um, I do tend to leave it too long. But yeah, it's a giant, giant thing. And I know from working with people in a team here, when someone's asking for help, it's a clear signal that person gives a shit. When they're trying to often solve it on their own, I get worried. Red flag, red flag, red, red flag. flag. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're being too quiet over there. Yeah. If they're asking for help, it means they're coming out saying, "I don't want to fuck this up. I really want to do the best job possible." So I think that's a great show like that. Right, next one. We've got uh, our recommendations. We have a different one each. Amy, you want to lead the way? Um. Yeah. So I have two Netflix documentaries that I watched recently. And the first one is Tour de France Unchained. So it's all about following different kind of cyclists and teams through the Tour de France. And um, I just found it really interesting because it showed me that it's not like an individual sport. It's very much a team sport. And everyone has a different role. Like there's their sprinters and their climbers. And then there's like the poor new fella that has to go back and forth from the car with the water and the snacks. But he's really important as well. Um, so that was really interesting. And then I watched... Um, Here, before you move on from sorry. that one, I heard you saying this the other day. You you were sitting inside and you were saying, I've never seen so much passion oh, yeah. and, and agony in a sport. Yeah, like I didn't realize how, I knew it was hard, but they're doing like 10K uphill cycles and there's like men falling off their bikes crying and all. Like it was just awful. Yeah. And like I so think of nothing worse. That made me go watch it. Right. And okay. you said that because I could see it in your face. You were like, I couldn't believe the amount of yeah. agony. I was like, that sounds interesting. And I've, so I've seen the first like five episodes now and it is pretty extraordinary what they put themselves through. Yeah. I think it might be the most painful sport in the world. Yeah, like, and then we have workouts with like 15 cals on the bike and I'm slowing down. Right, <laughs> right come on, get your shit yeah. together. Yeah, I, it's hard to think of something that would be more painful when yeah. you look at it. It's yeah. pretty extraordinary. Sorry, and you had another one then. Um, the other one was, it's kind of like another documentary series it's called breakpoint it's basically the same but it's tennis so i'm looking at all these different sports now and obviously it's real physical and like skillful but there's also like a real big emotional side to tennis so like you're looking at all the players and the ones that are doing the best are like keeping a real strong head they're not showing any emotion on the court um and then like some of them like will win a set and then they'll start freaking out and then they'll lose the whole match then um and then some of them are arguing with the rest and that's just fun to watch because it's a bit of drama <laughs> yeah yeah that's i've really also i've also seen this right and yeah. what if I, I think that's a great point the psychological side is giant i was surprised at how open they are sharing like you'll hear someone saying i was at the end of the first set i won the first set but my mind started going to i could win this tournament yeah i could win this match i'm gonna beat the one of the greats ever and then all of a sudden i started losing 
So uh, then I found it hard to get re really refocused. And, you know, I haven't really watched tennis in a few years, but I used to watch it quite a bit. And it, it reminded me of how much momentum, how much of a momentum sport it is. If you just start losing, you're like, how do I get momentum back? It's like trying to stop the other person. It can take that full set. And um, the psychological side of it, you can, it really comes to the, to the fore in that documentary. And you do get to know some of the like the tennis players again. You know, like, I think I could watch a tournament now again. I'm so definitely cool. gonna watch tennis now. Whenever it comes, I have to look. It's probably on at the moment. I don't even know. I'm gonna have to go look into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it does make interest to watch it again. Yeah, for sure. Are you tempted to start cycling or playing tennis? Um, I played paddle once. That was fun. I'd like. To, I would like to. Yeah, I actually think I'd play paddle or tennis or something like that. I wouldn't cycle though. now. like the lads sit the ring at Kerry, and I, that's the worst thing I could possibly imagine. <laughs> like no way. <laughs> It sounded horrendous. I love watching tennis. Jamie, have you got a recommendation for us? Uh, I do. I do. I've got, sorry. <laughs> Reluctantly. I do. It is a bit reluctant. I have two podcasts and it's the same um, like podcast series. But uh, Sam Harris did uh, two recent episodes very close to each other. Um, so there were there were episodes like 320 and 320 no 322 so uh, just like last month and they're both on about perception and my head nearly fell off listening to it, it it's a mind bender so two different people talking about how we see like literally the vision of the world and how it's almost the complete opposite to was previously thought how it works and how we intuitively think how we see things like we the light hits our eyes goes into our brain brain constructs the image that's how we thought it was and they're saying now that it's actually light hits the eyes and the light that hits the eyes gives us a very noisy signal it's not very clear what we actually see and then they they're trying to remind you that the only vision we have of the world is happens in our brain which is locked away in a dark box in our skull it never gets any light so it like we only get a signal through the eye and then the brain predicts what the environment is in front of us and then as you go and like pick something up you're actually doing a correct like prediction correction like i think that's what that looks like and when you pick it up your brain goes, oh, actually, pretty close, but we'll actually correct it. And you don't really notice that you're correcting for your prediction errors all the time. So your whole, everything we see is just our brain making it up like a computer simulation and then checking afterwards if, it's, if it was right or not. And we get better and better at it the more familiar our environment. So like talking about like surgeons who have years and years of surgery practice got thousands and thousands of hours of it that they can start seeing things better and better and better because everything's more familiar so their prediction model is getting better so a new surgeon can't see what the old surgeon can see because they just haven't seen it uh, the model hasn't been more built out enough so uh the, like there's two full episodes on it i've listened to it over like you know many different stints because i get about 10 minutes in and my nearly fall over but for some reason i found it very interesting <laughs> and it has made me think about it as i go around about like how your perception of the world can get distorted by yeah. things so, so if i want to go listen to this do i need to like decompress yeah, yeah. a little bit before i go listen like be ready to yeah take, <laughs> take something before i have it <laughs> uh no, I think it was a nice conversation. Okay. But also, like, I would pause and rewind often. Oh. Pause, rewind, pause, rewind. I can't listen to it if I, you know, if I'm drifting, my, my you know, I'm daydreaming. I can't have to Not be. Not a bubblegum episode. No. So after, um, like, after a long day for me, sometimes this is the thing that gets me relaxed. Because it gets me really focused on a thing rather than the thousand things that's happened for the day. I've kind of put all my tasks aside squared away for the day now my brain can get nourished a bit so yeah so the, i'll very quickly the name of them constructing self and world is the first one and the second one is predicting reality 
That's the Making Sense podcast with Sam Harris. We'll put the link on that in the bio underneath because we love promoting other podcasts. <laughs> um, I have a book this week. Um, I've actually really struggled recently to... I always have at least... I have two books on the go all the time on my Kindle. I have my my shit book, which is for bedtime reading that is completely uninteresting to me in a like a broader scheme. Like I, I want to read it when I'm reading it, but I'm never like, oh, I need to go get my book. Whereas I always have another one that I'm trying to learn something from or that I am really engaged with. So at the minute, I'm back. I've, I mentioned this author before, Stephen Kotler. I think I mentioned yes. him about a, a podcast, but I'm reading one of his older books called The Art of Impossible. Um, and I'm only maybe three chapters into it at the minute, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, I have a quote from it, and this is one of the things that really stuck out to me, and it was, very little is impossible with 10 years practice. And I was like, that's a fucking whopper statement, because you could tell a million people that, and maybe one or two of them will go, all right, deadly, I'll see you in 10 years then. Like, if they have a goal that they want to achieve, like, anyone could come to me and go, I want to look like I'm really athletic and I want to be able to lift heavy weights and I want to run really fast. And I'm like, deadly. Like, I can 100% guarantee it in 10 years. Maybe five, depending on where you're at. Certainly not three months, which is what a lot of gyms do. They do the body transformation stuff. But it's like, that idea of being really, really fucking good at anything. Like, take 10 years to go do it. And even in a coaching scenario, like we look at, you're doing this 20 years. I'm doing it 10 and a bit. You're a few years into it. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, when you see the progression through people, it's like, if you just stick at this for like another 10 years, like where are you going to be? And that really excites me about my journey as a coach. And even if I look back at some of the things I did 10 years ago as an athlete, it's like, oh, what have I been another 10 years? I could be another step ahead. And there's something optimistic about, like, you could just say, I'll just pick something new. Yeah. And just say, let's do a 10-year project. 10-year project. Yeah. Like paddle. Let's go. Let's become deadly at paddle. <laughs> <laughs> Cycling. Amy's going to be the next Tour de France. <laughs> but um, the, the book is broken down, like, pretty simply. And he pitches it as, this is the formula to become the big eye impossible version of yourself which is all a bit American and corny sometimes, but there's something to that of, like, why not just reach for the stars with some things? Like, I, I love that idea of it. So we broke it down into, section one is all about motivation. Like, you have to be motivated to go do something. And then section two, which is what I'm just about to start, is learning, which is an interesting thing from a coaching perspective as well, like how different people learn and how to learn things and actually have them stick and not just have it go in and out one way. Then the third section is creativity, which he's talked about in other books. And then finally, flow, which he has a really good book on as well. And we've spent a lot of time talking about that. But even just that idea of what are you motivated by? What can you learn? How can you learn it? Then where can you get that creative spark? And you just think of people like the Kobe Bryants and the Michael Jordans. It's like they were really motivated to be good at basketball. They loved learning the, the small basic things. And then they could do some really creative things with a basketball. And then they get into an element of flow and score 61 points in a night and win three rings or whatever the thing is. It's just a really interesting concept to me. Yeah, and I, it doesn't, I actually don't go to the elite side with it when you say it. Because the, the elite side is like for the very, very, very few. But I think about it like, um, so on a personal level, 43, kind of, you know, I've played sports, played a couple of different sports, got really deep into them and then left them behind. And you can get into the mode of saying, I'm kind of done with that now. Like I don't have anything new to look forward to. Whereas that, th these types of books, when we talk about them, gives me that, hold on, why not just start something brand new? And in 10 years, I can have a whole 10 year thing with it. Because when I think of like the things I went deepest on, it was, wasn't much more than a decade, like start to finish. And I thought it felt like a lifetime of it. So I think there's just so much opportunity to try new things, meet loads of new people, have a whole side to your life that you don't currently have that you can just plug in. And I think that's the that's the optimistic side for me. I like that side of it, yeah. That's not how I thought of it at all, but I like that. Deadly. 
Right. We've reached our final section. We have overrated and underrated. The best part of the show. I'm excited to hear Amy's uh, responses on these ones today. <laughs> so our first one. You're, now, you know the rules to this? You're only allowed to say one word. Elaine. If all the people who knows the rules, it's Amy. Yeah. She knows the <laughs> rules. <laughs> oh, this is an idea for the next one. <laughs> so, overrated or underrated? Recording your workout. Underrated. Overrated. <laughs> I'm going to say underrated. I'm with Amy on this one. Underrated as well. Uh, Jamie, you're the odd one out here. You go first. Oh, man. I went to Wit. You know, Wit in London. So it's a gym in London. It's also a store. I know the owners, and they've sponsored us at Filthy Nice Palace. However, that gym is like, it's built to, for influencers. Like the lighting whole thing is for that and it was the first time i had seen that whole world dialed up to 10. so every single person in there had a full professional camera in one hand as they walked around uh talking to the camera telling their whatever so everyone was blogging during the class it wasn't even just they were recording their workouts so then there was cameras set up in every corner for everyone to do it. And you could see that everybody was doing that same thing. I was like, oh, and everybody was so chilled about it because it was just a norm. So that blew my mind that day. So now we move forward a few years later and we don't have that. But now it's normal that we have four or five tripods every class set up, like aimed right at the person doing the workout. And it's normal now. And I, like, I don't bat an eyelid. I know some other gyms that have banned it. And it makes me wonder, oh, I wonder, can this get out of hand? Can we get to a point where, like, lads, no more? But I don't see a problem with it. I think it's fine. And I think um, social media, people sharing their life on social media has become a norm as well. But when I take a pause and I go, what are we doing here? <laughs> I have to think, there's not something, is there not something wrong with this? I, I listened to the guy who started... Um, oh yeah, the PayPal guy. We talked about it on this episode recently. He had, a, after he sold PayPal, he went on to create another business. And it was a product that was, at the time, his whole idea was, I'm noticing that vanity is the thing on, that online is giving people an outlet for. They wanna share their photographs. So he would say, he created this like, little carousel for your images that goes on your own website and you show your, show your own photographs. This is pre-social media. And he was like, so you'd have your own website and you put your own photos on it so people could go onto your website and check what, you, what you're like, right? <laughs> and he was like, I'm, I'm selling vanity here. How disgusting. Uh. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and he did sell the company and he made some money from it, right? But he recognized then that vanity was a thing and the, the show presenter was saying, it's weird now that now vanity is just what the internet or social media is. It's normal now, and it's not even uh, called vanity. It's just what it is. But when you think about it, yeah. So um, when I think of when I think of it all like that, I go, yeah, it's strange. Like we, I used to have mirrors in our martial arts gym, and the mirrors nobody was doing bodybuilding there. It was all for technique. So people would shadow box in front of it to check technique. Right? So it was kind of, for me, the mirror thing wasn't really ever a vanity thing. When we opened the CrossFit gym, didn't want mirrors because it becomes a vanity thing. Right? But then I also see the value in being able to see yourself move in front of a mirror and, and check your technique. We use coaches here, but it's also nice to be able to see it. So I see the video for that reason. A video, check the technique and improve it. I just don't think that's why people are doing it. <laughs> so overrated. Um, okay, so I record a lot of my videos now and I actually wish I had done it more when I started because I have a lot of videos when I started learning how to snatch. So I have like five years of progression. I've probably every PB I've ever gotten from like 15 all the way to 68. And whenever I'm like, feeling a bit down about my training or I'm like oh I'm not progressing as fast as I was I look back at like when I was a kid when I was like 15 or 16 and I'm like that kid would be so impressed at what I'm doing now yeah so I'm like I like to have the progression of like five years and you were saying about the 10 year thing like what could I do in another five years 
so in five years time I'll have like a 10 year reel for Instagram or whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever social media is on that time um, so I think it's good for your progress like I've known from my like early gymnastics like I've only got all my cool gymnastics now and I think everyone's like oh yeah Amy's good gymnastics but I've done it for like five or six years that's why I'm good at it and I was really bad at the start like I couldn't even do one toast bar so I wish I had videos of me doing that sort of stuff that I don't have so I think it's good to see your progress but I also do understand the the Instagram thing as well so yeah uh, you've totally convinced me that's that's awesome I think that is a really really valid reason because I sent you a video of me from even three years ago the other night and it's just cool looking back on that stuff and I have videos from fucking nearly 10 years ago too and it is class to see the progress you make so that's a big shout the other side is like we talk about uh, in a behind the scenes coaching perspective we talk about learning styles a lot and some people are visual learners and for some people seeing themselves and what they do wrong helps what they helps them do the right thing and that's definitely a big thing i learned from recording myself I used to record every work I did it all the time and very rarely posted any of it on social media and it was just a watch going, oh, I'm doing that wrong. And I'd send it to my coach and we'd discuss it and build from there. Now there's an element of, I have a coaching class, but I still look at it. I don't know about you, but I only I only post the stuff where I'm like, good enough. Like it doesn't go on social media if I move like shit, but I look at it and go, oh, I wouldn't, I, I'm gonna make sure that doesn't happen again. So there's a, a correction for me whenever I see the wrong thing as well. So there's that side of it. So you, you think it makes you move better because then if you won't post it, if it's if, shit, if it's shit. Yeah, that, that makes complete sense. I don't want to move better so I can post it on social media <laughs> just to clear that up. I want to move better because I want to move better. There's myself, a, myself there's and a Amy are looking at her skeptically <laughs> <Skeptical>, here. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right, uh, overrated or underrated? Loyalty programs. Overrated. Well, this is a hard one. I'm gonna say one word. Overrated. Amy, you're the odd one out this time. You can lead. Um. So I was saying this to Jamie earlier. I go over to Insomnia and I use my app every time and I scan it every time and I never get the free coffee. And then other people are going over and they're like, oh, I got free coffee like every week. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong. But <laughs> I am definitely, if you don't have a loyalty card, you're probably losing out on like a little bit of money. So like you might as well save your five euro or whatever it is for your coffee. Yeah, maybe, yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Do you use any other loyalties or just for your coffees? Um, well, I, I haven't really been using it, but I was telling Jamie about this app, Squid. Remember I said this earlier? So like loads of coffee shops have this little like circular pod thing on their table. And um, when you go in, you can like scan the Squid on your phone, but it's basically like the app's like a wallet for all your loyalty cards. So that's handy if you use it, but I've only got like one coffee ever and I've had the app like a year. So, so so where's the thing that you scan on the on the yeah, desk? Yeah, like you go in, it's probably beside. It's on the till. Yeah, it's on the till. It's like a little circle, and it's like a brown circle with a black kind of logo on it. So you squid. don't have to open your Insomnia app; you just do the Squid. You one. open your Squid app and you like scan your phone right, on it, and it like automatically go to the right one. Yeah, yeah. And like if you go into the app, it'll tell you where the Squids are. So you can be like, oh, I want to use my Squid today. I'm gonna go to this coffee shop, but I never do mm. that. I always just go yeah mcdonald's drive-thru and they have a loyalty thing as well though with the little stickers on the cup yeah yeah so if you're in a new city and you wanted to use your app you could use that to help you find coffee shops can you i'm sure you could yeah but if you're only going to that city for like two days you're not probably going to buy eight coffees to get your nine to one free do you know what i mean so it works Depends if you're going you are. some people yeah, are lo- loyalty program psychos if you're going to the same places all the time and you're looking for somewhere that has a loyalty card squid is a good idea you said uh over overrated overrated go on i fucking hate them i have an active dislike for them stop yeah and i don't know why it's obviously a me issue because what amy said makes complete sense but uh like darina obsessed everywhere everything she probably has you know she she knows them all and knows like she's on her sixth copy there she's on her like she knows she wouldn't miss anything the tesco club card thing so uh i just think i've got this theory and this might be really lazy thinking (laughs) but i don't want to spend a moment of my life thinking about a loyalty program 
I don't want to have to think, oh, I, but I better get the thing because I got the thing. Cause it, like, like, fuck that. Like, life is too just short. Just give me coffee. <laughs> just give me my coffee. I'll be okay. I, I just don't think there's enough of a, like, a direct. Yeah. Like, I got 60 cent off this coffee and I got 20, two euros off my Tesco shop and it all adds up over time. I'm sure it does. Yeah. It just feels so intangible to me. Mm. Cannot deal with it. So every single time they go to insomnia, they, for the first three months, they opened. They asked me and I had a little smirk. I was like, no, no, thank you. Won't be doing that. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, I'm obviously, what's that? Biting off my nose to spite, spite my face. face yeah. I'm doing that. But yeah, I hate them. Mm. I, I have mixed emotions about it. I really struggled onto this one, but I use a Tesco club card every time I go to Tesco like really I have the app on my phone I have the keychain on my key on my keys and I have the cub card card in my wallet as well so anytime I go I scan and I do the scan as you shop because I in that scenario we go to Tesco like two or three times a week and we do save a fortune over the course of a week but when it comes to the coffee shop like I go to the same coffee shop in Scaries every week and they have the little card there and I have one in my wallet I just always fucking forget to use it and it's like, that's the one coffee shop I go to really consistently. And then all the other ones, I'm like, I'm just, yeah, I'm reluctant to, where's my give card? Where's my card? Where's my card? bandwidth. Yeah, exactly. Because there's somewhere I may have to remember to have something <laughs> or I have to take the thing out yeah. and I, like, I just can't do it. You just don't get it. I know, I know of gyms that have tried to really benefit of loyalty programs as well. It just never pays off. Like, no one's ever committed enough to go, <gasps> I'm going to bring my friend this month so I get half a month free or like people don't do loyalty or car dealerships you don't get loyalty programs yeah I'm sure it works for some businesses I'm sure it does I'm sure they can show how it really works but I can't be dealing with it <laughs> Deadly. right I think that's it for today Amy thanks for joining us thanks for having me thanks lads thanks Jamie